Hello, world, and welcome to Godfather Part 2 Minute. I'm Andy Robinson. I'm Alex Robinson. And today we're talking about minute number 145 of The Godfather Part 2. Wow, that's really, like, that's a lot of minutes. That, that's over two hours, right? Yeah, two, wow. two hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so, boy, uh, uh, things are heating up in Washington. It feels like Michael's been under the Senate committee's microscope for two and a half hours. <laughs> He's been answering their questions just like they wanted. Sure. Well, Alex, repeat after me. Oh, yes. E minuto. E minuto. Numero. Numero. 145. 145. You got it. I'm a natural man. You are. <laughs> Tell us about the minute. What you got? Well, um, while seated before the Senate Committee investigating organized crime, Tom Hagen, speaking on behalf of his client, Michael Corleone, asked that Mr. Corleone be allowed to read a statement into the record. Overruling the objection from one of his colleagues, the chairman allowed the businessman accused of having mob ties to proceed. Mr. Corleone. Oh, he didn't say mob ties. You reject? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think your statement should be heard. Keep going. Um, Mr. Corleone expressed concern for what effect these accusations would have on his family, that his children were being robbed of their share of the American dream, and that he was a war hero. Testimony continues next week. Alex Robinson, GFM. <laughs> next up. Boy, those clowns in Washington are at it again, huh? <laughs> awesome. Great, great summary. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This is a minute we've we've referenced quite a bit over the years. This one, this one particularly, yeah, which part? Because Tom Hagen talks about the statement oh, yeah, about pleading the, the fifth, yeah. as was his right. Yeah, although I feel like that one we quote more Mikey saying. I feel like the next minute is more the ones we quote because Mikey saying that was my right to do so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then also it has right. him saying, yo, they're apologizing, <laughs> yeah. which I think is the much you know. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's I, like setting off that minute. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that they both referenced the Fifth Amendment. Yeah. Both Tom Hagen and prepping the Senate committee for his statement and then Michael actually saying it. Well, I'm going to assume that uh, Tom wrote the thing. Tom wrote the statement. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's I the know. lawyer. I'm sure he kind of... It's, you know, juice it up with. Uh, yeah. Tom's not a. He's not a uh, a writer. He's uh, you know. Yeah. Some just Tony Bennett records. So uh, I don't know. I think if Tony, if uh, if Tom had written it, it would have it would have gone would have gone more like <laughs> it would have been more like. Uh, uh, thank you for hearing my statement today. Uh, it's true they shot Sonny on the causeway. <laughs> Michael, why do you hurt me this way? <laughs> they might. It's like, it's they like might. A, it's like a poem. They <laughs> shot Sonny. They shot Sonny on the causeway. Mikey, why do you hurt me this way? <laughs> the statement should be heard. Can't do it, Sally. <laughs> Can't do it, Sally. Clemenza, look for Polly in the alley. <laughs> What is that? When does he say that? I'm trying to make up. This is Tom trying to write poetry. Oh, God. in his spare time because he's not. He's not a lawyer anymore. Yeah, that's true. He's really yeah. not a lawyer, so he's got to do something. This is the second time. I think perhaps the last time we see Tom lawyering. 
Yeah. The, well, like probably three times I would say he lawyers. Number mm-hmm. one, you'll have to sh- go before a judge to show cause. Woo! One of his, that's a classic one. Yeah, that's his original. Uh, that, that's the one that made his reputation. I would say um, number two is when he refused Kay's letter to Mikey. Oh, like, if I accept that, you know, I'll be in the court of law. Kay, that'll prove I had knowledge of his whereabouts. <laughs> and How number- do you like that for lawyering? <laughs> uh, number three is this one. He doesn't yeah. lawyer any other times in this. I guess in the no. when he's talking about this whole, I count this as the whole hearing because obviously when. Yeah. When Frank Pantelangeli's brother comes to show of support, Tom is the one who explains who he is and mm-hmm. that he has nothing to do with the case and, and so on. So what would be the top three conciliarying that we see Tom do? Conciliarying? Yeah. Not that it's necessarily good conciliarying. But just active conciliarying? Yeah. Well, I'm first the old say, man dies. Trying to talk trying to mean? talk Sonny out of his war. Yeah. Would be number yeah. one. That's probably number one. Then second it's like trying to talk Mikey out of his plan to kill McCluskey. Does he try to talk him yeah, out? Yeah, he's it? like it's never been done before. Oh, that's you know, true. and also yeah. Pop wants doesn't want you mixed up in the family business. Yeah, yeah that's Well that's true. a kind of kind of a, that's a kind of hybrid. Part of it is as his Bro- older brother yeah and then part of it as then it switches to the like, business end of yeah, things yeah, the yeah. End of things. and then maybe the third one is in GF2 which we haven't seen yet when he's advising Mikey not to go after Hyman Roth Mikey or not to go after Frankie Five Angels right he's protected yeah <laughs> uh, would you think he's protected full time he's you, what you have to understand is he is invincible oh no wait that was McCluskey that was uh, the Turk he was yeah, describing yeah. that way cannot be done <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought of two more times number one is where he's giving Johnny Fontaine uh, contracts for his uh, oh <laughs> I guess he just hands them to Mikey Mikey's the one who does the yeah pitch. Uh, and there was another one well Frankie Five Angels he counsels Frankie Five Angels too. I guess that's not his client. Yeah, that's that's just him as a as a coworker. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, what, but there was another consigliere time. What about when he when he to, so? How would you define oh, this? How I would you one. define this from Tom Tom to Walt saying we just. Uh, the union, the union problems you were having could could go away, and your best star just moved from marijuana to heroin. Now, is that lawyering, or is that is that is he he's, he's basically a proxy for the Don? Yeah, so I wouldn't call it lawyering. Is he threatening? Because he's not doing anything uh, that uh, that uh, uh, he's not doing anything that a non-lawyer couldn't do. Yeah, in that case. Well, is he? But is he threatening him? No, he never. He never <laughs> no one said anything about threats. <laughs> In fact, he's trying to help I him mean, because he he, he knows all these problems are coming down the pike. Exactly, he knows yeah. have union problems. So he's trying to help. Him. How different would the the whole Godfather saga have been if at that point Waltz instead says, "Oh, wow, Tom, you sound like a great lawyer. Come work for me." Oh, wow! Rather than saying, "Hey, get the hell out of here." Doesn't GF? Doesn't the book? Have like Tom getting involved in the he movie gets in business? The and stuff. business. So, yeah. yeah, that's right. He so does. It's not that crazy of, yeah. a, of a scheme. <laughs> so, but the book is different than the movie. So, <laughs> what was the other conciliarying he did when he uh, kind of advised Pop to take the take the get into drugs? Mm. You know, because like oh, not yeah. now, ten years from now, that's where the money Smart is. Smart move. He ignored his uh, yeah. conciliary. So, uh, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. 
So maybe maybe well, maybe he's right when he says he wasn't a bad consigliere. He he was just a bad don. Yeah, that's true. I'm even thinking the decision to send Fredo to Vegas. Tom had a role in that I while the Don was yeah. in his coma. Do you think? Hmm. I guess by the time the Don um, learns. Did he blame Sonny for... He blamed Sonny for... Did he blame Sonny for getting Mikey into the family business? The Don? Yeah, did. did, did. Because we see him... Obviously, he reacts very painfully when he finds out that Mikey's the one who killed McCluskey. Yeah. So, do you think that's when he's like, oh, he really is a bad Don? Yeah, probably. But Tom should have known better. He did go along with it. Yeah. 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 But, or is it just the yeah. kind of thing where he, he couldn't have done anything to stop it anyway? Because probably if Sonny wanted to do it and yeah. Mikey wanted to do it, then it's pretty much yeah. just what have to follow Don orders do? at yeah. that point. Yeah. So the Don was smart enough. He probably knew that those two were so, that Sonny was so headstrong and Mikey was so smart that Tom wouldn't have been able to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the most he could do is not accept a letter from Kay. Those are his strongest lawyering powers. Yeah, it's, really, uh, it's like negative powers. Yeah. <laughs> Kay, I studied, I studied postal law and communications law, and you must understand. Would you say buying uh, Anthony a, a toy car counts as oh. consigliere? Is that lawyering? Those, or those, were, that- those were lawful gifts. <laughs> <laughs> they were ethical according to Nevada state standards. <laughs> we could we could give up to fifteen hundred dollars in presents <laughs> <laughs> under the under the current laws. <laughs> this this yeah. car, toy car is owned by a shell company. The lease to the Corleones. <laughs> Why Corleone it when you can Corley lease it? Why? <laughs> Oh, well, so speaking great. of lawyers, I have a correction yeah. to make. Okay. Uh, I think in the yesterday, last week's uh, episode, I said that the chairman is in Roth's pocket. That is not accurate. Yeah, it is, in fact... And the chairman is the guy who's doing all this talking. Yeah, the main right? guy who lets Mikey yeah, speak Yeah, I thought that, like that sounded odd. Yes, it is, mm-hmm. the, it is the guy who... The second guy who objects to Mikey giving his, his thing that mm-hmm. is the... Um, in Roth's pocket. He's yeah. in Roth's and not only is he in Roth's pocket, but I went back and checked and if you look very closely, he's standing behind Roth at the gold telephone meeting in Cuba. Oh, whoa. So uh wow. yeah. So I guess uh you think that would have tipped Mikey off that that guy was the reason that that he was in Ross pocket? I know because he was there for that. <laughs> I mean, that's why they kind of didn't show it because like, wait, what did yeah. you just say? Wait a minute, I remember you from Cuba. We went to the Superman yeah. show together. Yeah. <laughs> well, Geary was there too, so maybe it was acceptable for everyone to be in Cuba. I guess Geary wasn't at the meeting of all of those big yeah, companies, yeah, but I mean, that was that was an official business meeting. That wasn't. A what do you mob mean? meeting, the one with the gold telephone. You had United Fruit, you had mining. Right, yeah. You but had... he was there standing behind Hyron Roth, which is where all like oh, the, yeah. where all like the, the sidekicks go. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, <laughs> nothing more important than a senator standing behind you in your pocket. Oh hey, uh, sidebar, I was at work today mm-hmm. and we were doing some team activity and we had to write spelling out team. We had to write something that we were thankful for something that we we're embarrassed about like an embarrassing moment a fun embarrassing moment oh because it's like t-e-t-e-a-m something yeah. that we 
or amazed at. Uh, I don't remember what the A was and M was, I don't remember what that one was either. <laughs> Great story. Great activity, right? <laughs> and uh, for, the, for the T, the thankful one, <laughs> I wrote, I am thankful for good health. There's nothing more important. <laughs> And then, and then we had to fold them into air. There, there were probably, I don't know, 80 people in the room. Yeah. And then we had to fold the, write our names on it and fold them into air, paper airplanes and throw them, throw them around the room for two minutes. They're just flying around. I know. So your tax dollars going away. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually, yeah, eventually we. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was the kids throw paper airplanes. Now they're paying you guys to do it. I know. And so when they landed, you had to open them, and they read a few publicly. And I hope I was hoping someone would read mine <laughs> would, and read would it get in the Hyman Roth read, Yeah, <laughs> did you underline nothing? <laughs> I did. Yeah, and I put it in quotes too, but I didn't. I didn't attribute it to Hyman Roth. That just would have been just too weird. Yeah, <laughs> if I really wanted to go all the way, I would because we had to write our names on it. And yeah. if yours was called on, you're supposed to stand up as the oh, person who read it. Yeah, it would have been great to do the whole thing as Hyman Roth. So. Thankful for good health. Yeah. Embarrassed. What's one of his embarrassed? What's his embarrassed? Uh, that Johnny Ola keeps screwing up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what he's yeah. embarrassed by. Yeah, that's like a that's like a deeper. Yeah, you know, yeah. That he didn't get well, his cube operations sooner. Yeah. Well, the A might have been appreciate. Isn't that kind of like thankful? Yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't that. Um, I'll ask I'll answer (laughs) (laughs) see if I can remember it anyway back to the minute Uh, well uh, what else you got the last thing about the Senator Questot yeah great name um, he is played by the actor Peter Donat or Donat sorry Peter he's deceased he he just and uh, he was apparently considered for the role of uh, Tom Hagen oh that's right you told us that uh, yeah yeah very cool do you think Mikey is nervous reading? Does he get nervous doing public speaking? He doesn't hmm. seem like I'm trying to think of other other times when we see him speaking publicly. In GF3, at the party, he says a few words. crowd, yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't say much. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to no? say he tries to keep a low profile. He doesn't want to be right. out there yeah but, but you I don't think the, just the very act of being in front of a group because you know that's people's number one fear is public yeah speaking. yeah so uh but he seems like a pretty cool character yeah i think it's so i think he can hold his own like do you think if you've it takes confidence in being it takes confidence yeah that's pretty much it and having enough brain to be able to articulate what you're trying to communicate but like do you think people who have been in like wars and stuff and gotten through it do you think that also translates into bravery with public speaking and stuff oh i don't that's a great question (laughs) it's a totally different i don't know i'm guessing it's a very different yeah i mean experience yeah it's different uh yeah yeah. different kind of confidence yeah i don't know interesting (laughs) anyway yeah we'll uh we'll ask who do you think would have been the best public speaker of all of the people in the godfather universe in the whole universe yeah I guess I would say Geary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The politicians. Because yeah, they probably had to put yeah. on a put on a. So then, after the politicians, who maybe Johnny, Johnny? Yeah, because he's a he's an actor. Yeah, he's a trained entertainer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Although he can't project very far, his voice. <laughs> it's true. Just doesn't. 
<laughs> you got to sound good. Yeah. Every time he goes to public speaking, yeah. to, to speak publicly, he has to sing it. Yeah. It's the only way it works. <laughs> you know, that's what they say about Frank's. They say uh, one of the things Frank Sinatra did was part of what made him great is he was the first singer to really use the microphone as an instrument oh you know prior to that it was people who were like singing for a live on you know they were like belting out tunes apparently he was one of the first people to really like get intimate with the microphone and use it you know sing very quietly and use that as a so i think it's kind of a neat uh way of looking at it yeah definitely so um yeah Anyway, well, speaking of We Ask, We Answers, I got some. Oh, cool, yeah. And uh, by the way, I have some clean it up items. Oh, wow. Yeah, so let's go. Want to alternate or... or uh, uh, sure, yeah. All right, well, first of all, this one's an easy, a simple one. Gross. It's gross also. Okay, what was the question? This is our garbage pail cave. Why okay. is it called a gross? And before I give the answer, I also learned that there are other grosses. I knew, and when you say, why is it called a gross, you mean a 144 Yeah, why is sum. 144, why is that quantity called mm. a gross? Okay. At yeah. least an old. Fascinating. Old, uh, but I also learned that there is a great gross, mm. which is 1,728. 1,728. Do you want to guess how they got that number? Is that a dozen, dozen, dozen? 12 times 12 times 12? Uh, it's 12 gross, so yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you 12, go. Okay. 12 cubed. Y- yes. It's a dozen cubed. Yeah. No, it isn't just three. It's times three, right? Not cubed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cubing it, you would do... Oh, yeah. That, you know, that, would, be, that would be an <laughs> uber gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why is it called gross? There's a small gross, oh. which is 120. Oh, now I'm confused. Okay. That's 10 dozens. It's 10 dozens. Yeah. So um, it is believed to come from the French phrase gros douzain, douzain. Gross meaning big and uh, um, douzain meaning dozen. Dozen. So it's, it's, okay. It's pretty. Uh, so gross, I guess, is like a, just a way of magnifying. Oh, yeah. Um, dozens. And I so. might have heard that before. Yeah. Periodically, not often, but you do hear or see gross to mean large right oh yeah it was a gross miscalculation yeah totally yeah 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 i wonder why it started being applied to the things that are disgusting that's probably yeah. the, more of the question is how did that get yeah gross well, i guess you could say if you were extreme if go if if gross is like a magnifier then you could say like yeah he has gross manners or well, like because it's not necessarily yeah, bad maybe. it's yeah i guess you'd say um Anyway, yeah. Well, so, so now the question is, why does gross? Now, so we did ask, we did answer, we did answer. But now we have another. We ask, we answer is why is something disgusting called gross? Okay. So, so I will withhold the trumpet horns. So okay. That we answered. We technically answered. You answered it. I did answer it. You did. Yeah. Still counts. Well, it still counts. We'll, we'll send you back to the drawing board. <laughs> and here's the second one. This one is uh, a lot more entertaining. Um, do firemen still use those big hoops to catch people oh, who jump yeah. out of buildings? What did you find? That? Not only do they still use them, what are they called? Yes, they are apparently called life nets. Life nets. The life net was invented in 1887 by a man named Thomas Browder. Okay. And um, 
as a way of obviously from helping people who jump out of buildings yeah and um have they always been called that and are they still called that now well, they're not called that anymore because they don't use them anymore. Ah. They were replaced by the ladder. Ah. The, the truck with a ladder okay. on it is now how they get people. But to- what if you don't have time? What if it's burning? And Well, they... Um, so basically, they were um, ultimately used kind of as a last resort. Okay. Because they yeah. were apparently pretty dangerous. Because oh, it's really yeah. just like a trampoline. Yeah. yeah. So if you land on it, you can either... go Like they said, people would either bounce and go off of it yeah. people would hit the side people would just miss it entirely people yeah. would land on firemen so you could see how it would be. people would hit stuff on the way down yeah. and you know, oh, go, what go a crazy way so if you're in that if you're in the situation where you're using that then it's then it's I see um, a very low probability of mm-hmm. people jumping off a building right onto a life net and and it working you know, they they hit that sweet spot and they stay in the within the perimeter of the life net. It must have worked what? enough where they kept using it as a desperate measure. It's better than just saying, yeah. "All right, jump on the concrete." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess, it's just yeah. no way to get the people down. I can't then. believe they would even, it would even hold. I wonder what it was made out of. It's basically the same thing as like trampoline material. So just you know, like they a improved it, improved it over yeah. time, and you know, yeah, made it, wow, uh, tougher. But, uh, yeah, mm. another thing that would happen was, uh, so, for instance, there was a fire and, like, people would jump out, like, holding their arms together. And they just, like, they, they couldn't take the weight of four people jumping down oh. onto it. Just, oh. They just ripped right through. Oh, and my just, like, hitting, hitting down onto the pavement. Oh. So, if you are going to jump in one of those things, just go solo. Go don't. solo. Yeah. And there was another one where there was a fire and people threw their luggage down first and then jumped down and they just landed on the luggage and, you know, got Wait, injured. Wait, they threw their luggage onto the life net? Yeah, onto the life net. And, and then, then they jumped. And then they jumped following it and, you know, there was luggage on it so that didn't quite work the way that was Oh, so they, they got yeah, hurt. They okay, got yeah. So, uh, but the luggage was safe. The luggage was the luggage safe. was safe. <laughs> little damaged, little dented. But I mean, you don't uh, want your you don't want your dirty underwear all over yeah. the, the scene, the fire scene, right? So as of nineteen eighty three, uh the life net is not Whoa. included in any fire safety wow. um fire safety. That's late anymore. That's yeah. later than I would would have thought. I wonder how do they even transport those to a to the scene of a fire? They uh would fold up. Oh, okay. And it was the kind of thing where as soon as you like unlatched it, it would go and like fold out. Oh my into gosh. A, like a, you know, like a, yeah. that way it was automatically taught. Like it couldn't be, oh, couldn't be. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. What a cool know. design. Yeah. Yeah. Probably save some lives. I mean, yeah. yeah. And a lot of luggage. And a lot of luggage. luggage. <laughs> the paywall is down. The paywall is down. If you want to hear the rest, down. you got to go to the town. No, you got to go to godfatherminute.com slash support. You'll get to hear the, all the rest of the episode, plus bonus content from all the other episodes we've done, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, Andy, what do you think is going to happen with Mike Geeky Corleone's troubles after this? Well, now that he's been indicted, I think his troubles are only going to grow! 